It's getting real wavy in here, but not in the good way. People are still robbing. It's definitely Robin season. And um, also, we don't do Millennium's corporate spaces. It's uncomfortable. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. It's going off in here. I really appreciate the song selection. Thank you. Oh my guys, we're not gonna waste a lot of time at the top. We're just gonna dive right into it. This was a really intense episode. Can you guys start with just giving me your general thoughts? Yes. I like that you guys are holding hands to get through <laughs> this accident. moment. Um this episode for me is the reason we love Atlanta. I love like um, Donald Glover's great at subtle shade towards current pop culture, and I feel like this was like that in a nutshell. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was funny, smart, like so classically Donald Glover. I turned to her, I was like, this is so. You could just see it in the writing and how it played out. I really liked this episode. Donald Glover said recently that uh, he didn't want to make a show about people making it. You know, that that was not the goal because that's boring. Nobody wants to watch that. I was like, I've watched several shows about pop stars on their ride to success, but I also agree with him that if this was just a show about, you know, the rise and conquering the music industry, we'd be missing a lot of these, like, true-to-life moments, because we're all here in L.A. trying to make it, and uh, it's it's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you only see the people that just, like, get famous really quick, and then you don't see the people like them who are, they get a little bit famous, and then they get set back, and then... So I like the realism. So let's start at the top uh, with Al and uh, Paperboy going to get marijuana from all these different places. Uh, They watched it before I got here and then watched me watch it. And I was freaking out because every single one of these weed dealers is someone I had to visit in Chicago. It was awful and also like amazing. Um, did you guys have a favorite weed dealer in this episode? Oh, for sure. Easily the white guy was my favorite. That's who Um, you go to. Yeah, because they're, you know, the less suspicious Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. the rest. Well, we kind of knew something was up. Yeah, but because he plugged his girlfriend in her, like, acoustic... Which killed me because, do you guys remember when Formation (laughs) first came out? Yes. And Beyonce was very adamant on, this is for black women. (laughs) Yet, for some god-awful reason, we kept seeing all of these horrible acoustic covers by white girls, and we were like, what the hell is going on? And it just reminded me of this, like, weird wave of, like, indie pop stuff, like, people making these weird covers to, like, mm-hmm. rap. Do you white never- people who enjoy hip-hop? <laughs> like, I have several questions. Not questions, but just general statements. Like, who is New Kid on the Block who is, like, if you're looking for, like, deep messages, you shouldn't be listening to it? Post Malone. Oh. Don't be that asshole. Don't. Okay? Don't be a Post Real Malone. Zan. All right? Just listen. Oh. My God. <laughs> just gonna draw that one in there. <laughs> like... The smart thing about Little Xan, though, is, like, I had no idea who this kid was until he started talking sideways at his neck, and then I was like, I want you to disappear off the face of the planet. Like, you should not be involved in this industry. Stop making money off the stuff we created. Like, frustration in my body. (laughs) I can't deal. Like, because here's the thing. Like, how are you going to be Post Malone, like, inside of the, like, literally working in the industry? And with, like, alongside, like, Kendrick Lamar's, like... 
the scissors, like like the Nipsey hustles, like people who have no name gypsy. Yeah. Like there are so many people out here. Mick Jenkins. Like it's just the list is endless of quality rappers trying to say something. A whole album titled The Waters. Like about how you need not to only drink water, but protect the water that we have because it's literally vital to life. These are important messages. Like, just don't do it. And it's it's frustrating, but also great to see it addressed here in this context of, like, here is what a microaggression looks and feels like yes. on a very small and personal scale. Yeah. Yeah, because it, I feel like things like that, like, I understand liking the song or whatever, but I feel like there's so much history behind hip-hop, even down to, like, trap, like, mm. rap. Like, that's still, there's still so much, like, a history behind it. And when you make these, like, weird like remakes of it i get it's because like you think you like a song but it's almost like watering down what all of that is and like i get that there i get that we have rappers like little yachty and stuff which i feel like um clark county was kind of like the little yachty of totally that totally. show like i get that they you know are more a little bit more upbeat and not necessarily like like the old hip-hop heads or whatever but i think they're still very vital to rap and what rap you know expresses and whatnot and so it's like it's weird it's weird when people go in and just like lessen that yeah because it's still another experience regardless if you find it important or not like Lil Yachty Migos even their lyrics are their experience and that's like what they've grown up to and so it doesn't really watering it down is so stupid and I never really noticed it from an artist perspective because I was like oh they're never gonna hear this like a god awful remix, but I'm like, yeah, I guess they would. It just must be horrifying. It well, see, like, okay, so I want to take it a little bit broader. My roommate showed me a cover of Case of the X the other day, Which like is my a jam. acoustic, like very straight up white girl version of this song, and I had feelings about it. You know, like it was just a whole lot to be. I was just like, where. I can't explain to people how that song as a black woman makes me feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hearing that song about not just being in a relationship, not just, like, the pains of trying to keep a relationship going, but the whole album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, that that comes off of is so, like, vital to how I came up. That it's very weird to hear it coming out of someone else's mouth. And I hesitate to say wrong or bad. You know what I mean? Like, I... Because it, it was clearly an artist, like, wanting to pay homage to that song. Yeah. And that song is powerful no matter who or, like, what you are. But it is weird. I think it's, like, when, um, I think it's, like, when, you know, an artist that we love passes and there's always a debate of, like, who should be allowed to pay tribute to them, like, at award shows. Like, when Whitney Houston died, there was all this debate about who was mm. going to be able to, you know, tribute to her. And, um... It, like, I feel like it kind of has to do with that. It's, like, it's not necessarily that you can't sing it or you can't do it, but there's just so much, like, music, especially within the black community, means so much to us because Mm -hmm. so, it's one of those things that, like, it's ours. Like, Mm. no matter what's going on in the world around us, like, music is something that the world constantly looks at the black community I mean, we can look at, we can trace it back to our slave roots, which a lot of people are like, why would you start there? Well, because that's what we can remember. And (laughs) we ain't got no memory before the boat. We didn't, weren't allowed to bring our written texts here. So that's where it started in the fields. We have spirituals, we have facts, church songs, and we have, like, stuff we learned on the street. You can take it all the way to, like, double dutch our, like, interactive pastimes. Like, in in a lot of ways, our history is translated and transcended through music um and so i agree it's a touchy subject and we saw like 
And I think especially when it comes to tributes or homage pieces, there's something, especially if it's going to be on a stage. Again, this is something you're just recording and you're, I'm not trying to come after you. Like, it's totally cool. Like, sing your little songs or whatever. But on stages when we're honoring our great artists, like, I would much prefer to have you know, the people that were beside them through the struggle, who came yeah. up through that same music era or who were influenced by it directly, uh, do the tributes. I just think that that's, yeah. you know, I, I don't need Madonna's Prince tribute. Like, I just don't exactly. care. <laughs> and I, I don't want it. And I feel like, um, oh, gosh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I think this, show, this episode did a really good job of kind of sidelining that same exact idea, but with the music industry in general because that I mean the show doesn't have that many white people in it mm-hmm. but the white ones did in this episode were kind of profiting off the backs of black musicians which is the same kind of idea with st- just doing covers just because you know it's like this yeah. weird yeah. pull of what's yours what's mm-hmm. black people like culture's music so I loved how they did that in this episode especially yeah and I feel like um, I remember what I was going to say I feel like Black people, like, we created many of the genres that are popular today. And I feel like rap is the one that, like, we still have the main reins on. Because, like, rock and roll, black people. Jazz, black people. Like, <laughs> blues, all, exclusively blues. black people. I don't yeah. want to hear about R&B. it. R&B. Like, I love Adele. Adele is not R&B. Stop trying to tell me Adele's R&B. She's not. Jasmine Sullivan's R&B. Adele is indie, alternative. Spit the fire! Amazing, wonderful, super talented, adore her, but she's not R&B. Like, that, I just feel like hip-hop is that, the one thing that we have that we're like, we, this is, like, we reign in this. We've been doing a lot of reclaiming lately, too, when we pushed out Justin Timberlake, we were like, no more of you, please, sir. He pushed himself out a lot, too. He did not help his case, okay? He definitely needed a lawyer to argue for his behalf. His track list. That, I couldn't even listen to it, because I was like, whoa, whoa. I actually wound up listening to a third of the album. It is not good. The titles, though, just got me. I had, <laughs> I had literally no interest in listening to any of it. After, that's a whole other Don't story. Don't get her started on yeah. the Prince thing. I was going to say, popping off. How dare you? Why are you doing this? I don't understand. We just said that no, and then oh, here comes man. Engineer, like, you should... Out no. of the tent. Because this is this is what bothers me about this the music. This is also like corny dad. No, get that shit out of here. Yeah. <laughs> this is what bothers me about the music industry, and I think it's why people are so adamant on keeping hip-hop. I think why hip-hop heads are the way they are, like old hip-hop heads are the way they are, is because we watch people profit off of us, like Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. like Miley Cyrus, like Katy Perry, and they take our sound and they embody it, and then... They go back to their old ways yeah, in their country done. or whatever, and they blame that period of time as like a negative thing, and they yes, spin yes. they spin it negatively. And I feel like that's I feel like we kind of see you know Paperboy go into the to bring it back to the show. Mm-hmm. I feel like we see Paperboy kind of like just analyzing the whole situation. Like you're trying, you're literally trying to gentrify mm-hmm. me right now. Like, <laughs> and then we see it too when we go back into the corporate space. So it's not just you know, on the mic or in front of the camera. It's also behind the scenes. A lot of code switching on mm-hmm. all sides yeah. happening in this episode. How did you guys uh, view the manager, especially as he, like, I guess not manager, the the guy who was, Savage like... Savage 35. That 35. a-hole. <laughs> what is that? And why do people like that actually... Like, if you don't live in... in I don't, I, they, maybe they're everywhere. I don't know, but I, I definitely insinuate uh, that person with inner city, like like city urban kind of living. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a white guy who's really into black things. Yeah, 
I it's almost infuriating because like I I've grown up in the projects. Like I, you know, grew up around the Alfreds and the Urns and the Dariuses and whatnot. And when people like when I go into these big workspaces, because I've worked for places like that, and I go in there and their, like, dialect instantly changes and, like, how they talk to me instantly changes and they assume, like, yeah, actually, I do like those things, but why, like, why are you limiting what I can do as a person or what I'm able to experience just from looking? Like, it's infuriating. It's insulting. Cause it's why like, do they have to change how they talk to, like, it's like you're going to accept them no matter how they speak to you. They don't have to change yeah. up. It's like getting in a lift and hearing hip-hop immediately change from, like, <laughs> You know, I was listening to just uh, like Taylor Swift, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're in the car, so it should probably be like hip hop. Lou Will uh, had a tweet about that actually about his Uber driver switching up, and he's like, nah, <laughs> put that back. Yeah, or just listen to whatever you want. Like this is your car, bro. Like I'm honestly just gonna be in my headphones and in my phone anyway. Like let's just go. <laughs> I don't understand the whole point. Like it's okay. Can I just genuinely ask the question? Like, is music a big deal for you guys in your lift? Are you like? This guy is not playing my jams, and I'm not Honestly, with Honestly, ask if I want something specific. Yeah. But if I'm by myself, more than likely I have my headphones in. Exactly. So I'm like... I'm a talker. Are you? That's sweet. I, my brother and my roommate drive Trying Lyft. to get the five stars. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 like, I'll feel it out. Like, if I feel like you're a talker, then I'll, like, chat. But if not, then I'll put my headphones in. Oh, yeah. On. Yeah, I won't force yeah. the conversation. I do not like new people. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, like, no, like, I have people come up and approach me at, like, cons or whatever, and they're like, hey, you're Joelle. I'll be like, Hi so cool of you you're super sweet I mean zero disrespect to anybody and I know most people are nice but new people freak me the hell out I'm like I can't it's all new and weird and what do I say and do with my hands like it's very (laughs) weird please get me out of this situation um to bring it back to the show uh and we dealers because again I'm just floored that they hit like all of them in three simple concise ways for you to just break down and enjoy like you have your shady car dealer that you only meet at night might like hold you up at gunpoint and then ask you to tell your friend, hey, what's up? What guy? Okay, have, I've Ten never years. been robbed before. I have. Can walk me through this experience. Wasn't someone funny, you knew like this? No, what's funny is it was when I was in college and it was front, it was someone who was like a friend of a friend of a friend. So I knew the person. Oh and my I was, god. It was such a situation like that, like damn really man like we doing this right now and they're like yo like you mad cool like I, they're like tell your boyfriend at the time like tell him I said what's up we gotta play like 2k and I'm like oh my god. he's not gonna play NBA 2k with you after <laughs> if this? my like, boyfriend sees you he better be getting my things back that's like, what I'm saying if my boyfriend sees you it's hands on sight like what are you talking about no the disrespect was so you even said you're like the disrespect right now like he made him go back and get his keys the next yeah. day like uh-uh. I cannot. I cannot. I didn't with that. think it was that cold. <laughs> no. And it's interesting to me as we look at Robin season and and what that means and why people take things that are not theirs. Um, I don't know if it was an entitlement, like you know, you owe me, like I've been dealing to you for a long time, and and I deserve, or if it's just such a like because he even he even like apologizes up top to be like, yo, it's not on me, bro. Which you're doing it, so it's definitely on you. Yeah. But also, I'm in such desperate straits, and I I think you're okay, so you must not need this money. I'm going to take it. I also feel like it plays into, and I think you can also speak on this, like when you're kind of, when 
people from back home, especially when people from your hood think you're doing well and you come back, mm. they think that you have like an entitlement to the hood, like th- that you have an entitlement, like that you need to take care of them and that what's yours is theirs. Like I know whenever I go home, people think I got it like that and I don't. <laughs> so you need to chill out. I don't have it like that. Mm. But I feel like people think, you know, like, oh, he or she's indebted to us because like she made it out. Like we somehow right. we were involved in her being able to get out. Copy. And so I just thought it was like an interesting like play on like how the black community views people getting out of the projects and how like we feel like at some point we feel like they still have to come back and take care of everybody. True. Whether we take that from them or they're willingly going to give it. I'll be interested to see in the chat how people feel about that because I remember when Beyonce found out her dad had like a second other family and that family was broke as hell and they were like, I can't believe Beyonce is not going to help this poor kid. Like, that's her blood. Meanwhile, I was like, that is the thing that hurts my mother every day. <laughs> I'm not paying for it to thrive and survive. But I understood where people were coming from. Like, is there ever a point where you owe your community? Like, yeah. Because I feel like if you don't, then you're like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. And I, nobody <laughs> wants to be that person. Like, that's just not helpful. Such a good solution. I feel like there is some, de- I mean, like, at least for me personally, I feel like I am indebted to my community. Mm. But let me get to the point I need to get to come back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's the second you do anything mm. that they think you got it like that. And I feel like that's kind of what Paperboy goes through in this episode. Even, like, when he's dealing with his fans, he's seeing that transition of, like, I'm no longer just Alfred. I'm now Paperboy. And now everyone wants something from me. And I don't even have, like, I don't even know what I want. I don't even have really anything what little I do have is now being like scattered among the masses. Mm-hmm. Let's look at our compare robberies from last episode to this episode. Um, most of our robberies last episode were violent and very large um, in scale or size. Like a lot was either lost uh, from Alligator Man. You have, um, even though it was only $50, it's literally the end of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, the, of course, the gun shootout at the top. What are the other robberies we saw from last week? You guys there, we saw the guy that was dead at the gas station. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then... Oh, and then uh, the guy stealing... or Not necessarily stealing, but he was looking through Ern's uh, boxes at the... He definitely did just steal those yeah. boxes. And from a guy who's getting kicked out of a storage lock. Yeah. Like, it's like the lowest of the low. Whereas here we're seeing very casual robberies. It's, like, more metaphorical, I feel like, too, in this episode. Yeah, I mean, well, no, we have a literal one where he just takes the yeah. shoes, and it's just, oh, well, they can't chase me. Like, but it's, like, the Instagram, like, you're, no, he didn't accept that photo. Right, the right. The girl yeah. stole the yeah, number the and just chat, gave it to somebody else. He didn't else. accept that either. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Which, um, I love that he just walked out of the store, because that, I mean, I think we were talking about before, like, I worked at Hollister, and you worked at Old, Old Navy, Navy. Mm-hmm. and that really is something that they, like, train you that just don't chase after people. Not that I would ever chase anyone over no. some overpriced ugly jeans in the first place, but I just think that's hilarious that that's, that. like, something. Because he was even talking about stealing it right as the guy's just standing there. Yeah. Uh, so you should know that, A, it's true that they do not have a chase policy. You should also know that many companies are hiring security guards who can chase after you. So just be aware. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're planning to steal things, I guess. Um, but yeah, the and even, so we, we talked about theft of culture. To me, the most blatant disrespect was... Uh, uh, 
Ern's friend, who was like the manager of county, and was like, "Oh, if he's not ever treating you right, you come see me." Yeah, I have one talent, sir. <laughs> okay, what? How dare you come You're up? You're so right. And like, let's break down this whole like we talked about working in like millennial spaces where. The idea is, like, baby boomers will be able to reach millennials if we have a more open atmosphere and if we remove hierarchical systems. What really happens, and I'd love to hear about your guys' experience. I worked at Grubhub. I'm pretty sure I didn't sign an NDA, so we're just going to go ahead and get into it. Like, same thing. Open floor plan, you know, you have – there was a hierarchical system, but – they try to do a lot of soothing over to be like, but well, that's not really a thing. Like, we want to hear your opinion. But no, there's like a giant skeleton over the same exact corporate system that I worked in before where even if you get beer on Friday, like, you're not really relaxing. You're definitely still at work. Yeah. Share it. Get yeah. into it. So I did sign an NDA, so I can't say where I would be store. <laughs> but it is a very well-known outlet that a lot of people have probably been on multiple times. And they're known for being the cool guys who, like, have the open floor and, you know, there's Tequila Tuesdays and, you know, mm-hmm. Black History Month is, like, everyone's listening to hip-hop and we get cool people that come in and do performances like that. So awkward. And it is because you're, not only is it awkward because, like, you're not really relaxing, but you also have these ridiculous deadlines and, like, these ridiculous work schedules where it's like, bruh, throwing tequila down my throat while I have, like, Mm -hmm. seven or eight deadlines is not, it's not working for me. And then all these, like, flip-floppy, like, technological advances that you're trying to throw at us, all these apps you're trying to make happen at once, mm-hmm. like, you're not giving us a chance to make anything work because it's, like, on to the next thing over and over and over again. And it's almost like, I'm only 26, and I feel like the stuff that's out now, I'm like, how do you how do you use that? Like, how does... I feel like you're my 18? grandma, how she feels about Facebook, I feel like I feel like that about, like, half the things that they're going, like, musically. Mm-hmm. What the hell is that? I'm still trying to understand Snapchat. Exactly. Like, oh, what, why is it here? What are we using it for? Instagram has perfected the algorithm. Can we just get rid of this? Yeah. I don't understand. And people still ask me to use it. So I do. Um, so we've talked a little bit about the thieving of culture. We've talked a little bit about uh, literal thieving. I want to talk a little bit about money coming in. Uh, Ern got some cash. This is a payoff from last season. If you guys don't remember, uh, Darius was like, yo, I cook you up with some money. They did like 16 crazy ass trades. And at the end, he was like, you don't get nothing. But wait, because it's an investment, which is an interesting thing that they're talking about. Smart investments versus poor investments. Smart investment, Darius, your guy who's never going to screw you. Like, Darius is a loyal-ass dude. He's not going to rat you out. He's not going to talk smack about you behind your back. Whatever he has to say, it's going to be to your face. Uh, Would you guys have ever trusted criminal dude who's out on probation trying to get a job with $4,000? Never in life. Never. (laughs) I'm surprised he went shopping with him after his cold treatment of Earn last week. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. I think what's interesting about this whole thing is it kind of reminds me how, like, we treat, ta- like, tax returns. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, everyone's always planning and, like, what they're going to um, what they're gonna spend their tax return on. It's the true Christmas of adulthood. It really is. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I feel like I was just talking, was I maybe talking to you? I don't know. I was talking to somebody about, <laughs> this is like my first year where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do responsible things oh, yeah. with my tax return. And I feel like that was kind of like his moment to, you know, invest because you have a daughter. You should probably do something smart with it. And when was the last time you gave Zazie any kind of child support? Uh, you don't have a place to live. Yeah. Like, 4K in your bank is a and pretty Atlanta good... And Atlanta is a first month in deposit, mm-hmm. so... More than, probably. You could get a studio and everything probably taken together for, like, mm, two grand max yeah. if you needed it. You can move outside. Like, they got good public transit down there. You can move just a little outside. He has a lot of options that he's kind of yeah. just blowing away. And I know people in the chat are going to be shading, be like, How are you, what are you going to get for $4,000 in Atlanta? Live in Decatur. Go to Decatur. You can get something. <laughs> so many options to help you out. Um, before we get too much further, I want to stop and talk about American Idol. Hey. It's back guys the singing competition that started it all and revolutionized the tv landscape has a new home it's on abc now search for a superstar begins on the all-new american idol on abc and guiding the contestants along the way is an esteemed panel of judges pop icon katie perry country superstar luke bryan and country superstar lionel richie Country? Really? Country? Okay. I'll give it to you. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I will be joined by Emmy-winning producer and personality Ryan Seacrest as host of the beloved series. American Idol is the only singing competition to go around the country auditioning hundreds of singers in the search for the most talented, undiscovered performers. And the stories are as diverse as America. Contestants from all over the country will audition for a golden ticket to Hollywood and get their chance to light up the world with their voice and their heart. Ooh. It is one of the most anticipated series of the television season. American Idol Journey begins Sunday, March 11th at 8 to 7 Central, right after America's Funniest Home Videos on America's Network, the American Broadcasting Company, ABC. Pause. I can't believe they're coming back. Yeah, but America's Funniest Home Videos is still on air. I was thinking that, too. Yeah, they have, like, a, a modern host. Is it? It's Carlton, I think. From what? the Fresh Prince is hosting I American. Right. I yeah, saw like an video. IG video of him, like a little promo or something, mm-hmm. and I was like, what? "Fun fact: My Who'd family and I that? were on America's Funniest Home Videos Doing when I was what? like a. I well, it was a video. Okay, of Okay, so what you're gonna do is, is bring that, that video in, and we're you. gonna watch it. I'm really looking forward to you. it. I'm also looking forward to see how everything shakes out between Ern and um, Al. They're really it's so. It's very weird. Is it me? Or is Al just like the most disrespectful? I think he's having a rough time right now. With what? You have a hit song, Al. I know, but And a roof over your head. Like, calm your titties. I feel like that this episode, I at first was on your side completely. But this episode brought me a little more to like, okay, like he's going through a rough patch. And I feel like it started last week. You know when you just have like... That weight on you. That's how he's acting. Mm. But mm. Earn doesn't deserve that, regardless. True, true, true. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's... He's realizing that, that like... I feel like it's the thing, um, you know, when basketball players first make it to the NBA, and they're like, is this everything you thought it was? And they're like, damn, I just wanted to play basketball. Like, I didn't realize all this came with it. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, he just wanted to rap and, like... Mm-hmm. Do all. I don't think he was prepared for all of the little things that he was going to have to do to get to that. that point. And I don't think it's like what he was like. The performance for. aspect. That's what I'm. That's what I mm, feel yeah. like he's realizing is that I feel like it's also for 
probably black men in general, they feel like they're constantly having to perform some sort of way because everyone's attention is on them. Like, we see um, Earn in the workplace. Everyone's staring at him get water. It's just like, why are you looking at me? And it's like they ask him to perform, but no one really cares, but they want him to act a certain way. So, or they're taking pictures of him when he's just trying to smell his weed. (laughs) He's like, chill. (laughs) (laughs) The man just wants to smell his weed. Leave him alone. Uh, Especially, yeah, you talked about Earn, like, being boxed out of that conversation um, when the record executive is talking to the manager and the rapper. It, it, if if you guys have ever done networking events, that's so real. It's so real when you're trying to, because like I'm like a, a mid level film critic. Like I get in some of the screenings, but not all the screenings. I've been to some premieres, but not all the premieres. Like I interact with a lot of people who've been doing this a lot longer and are a lot better and know everyone. And part of the For come now. up, yeah. But that's the thing. Like part of the come up. Like and I think to your statement. I almost agree with you about I'm still mad at him, but yes, I also get it. Like part of the come up is being like, oh, not only do I have to do my job, but I have to perform for all of these people constantly. And I think Al hasn't been like in the studio, like making albums, which is kind of what Gambino does. He's either um, on set, like making something or he's in the studio. So like the performative aspects, at least from my perspective, aren't there for him as, say, like, back when Little Wayne was, like, everything. And even though Wayne was constantly cutting tracks, like, he was making music doesn't make you that much money that nowadays. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know that, but, like, most of your money, if you're a musician, comes from touring. Yeah. Um, and it requires just a lot more work. It requires corporate events, which will pay you mad money to just show up, essentially, mm-hmm. and do nothing. Um, but he wasn't even into rap, really, beforehand. He even says... In season one, like, I just made this, I was just trying to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, now he has to act. I feel like we did see some of it in season one where everyone's, like, acts like he's just going to pull up on them with, like, a gun all the time just because he Mm -hmm. rapped about it in one track. Like, people always expect, and it's the same thing with rappers all the time. I feel like they expect whatever their raps are saying or, like, that means the truth about them. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is silly. It's just yeah. another form of storytelling. Yeah, it's their and art. we've had so many of these boys from just cushy suburbs with well-connected parents come out with hardcore rap songs. And you're like, bro, <laughs> they'll get caught with the wrong people, sir. <laughs> they will tell you about yourself. Um, and then I guess, finally, we have to talk about that job interview. Uh, my favorite thing about the entire job interview, and I don't know if I was the only one who peeped this, but the fact that he was wearing a do-rag the entire time... I know so many old black men who constantly talk about their waves, mm-hmm. wear the do-rag 24-7, mm-hmm. and will only have it off for, like, some very important, like... It's like the two-hour date they have with the hottie. Yeah, like, or, like, their oh. child's christening or something mm-hmm. like that. And then, like, the second it's over, the picture's done, do-rag back on. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep them waves. Yeah. I love... So, as we're talking about the importance of black music to black culture, I feel like hair is obviously, like, a huge important factor. You already know. Like, it's... And especially now as we enter kind of a new 70s where we were, like, froze out, y'all. We're going natural. We're embracing uh, our African roots and our history. We're definitely back at that place again. uh, Post-Black Panther. uh, Like, Trump era. Like, we're all banding together because stuff is popping off. Um, 
It's rare, though, to hear the men's side of that conversation. I feel like I hear women constantly talking about our hair and the upkeep and the process. We talk about men in the barber shop, but not about the, like, like making sure you have the right brush and the do-rag and the gel and the routine. And every way he describes mm. very precisely the importance of hair care. Um, and it almost made me feel closer to my brothers, you know? Right. I feel like the way we feel about our hair, like, my, like, my brothers and stuff, their barbers are, like, one of their best friends. Like, mm. they go to the shop at least, like, once every week. Or week. Two weeks. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. week or two weeks, like, depending on, how, like, what style they're going for. Like, hair, especially in the black community, is such a, like, focal point of who we are. Like, mm-hmm. it's just something that is celebrated because it's not celebrated outside of our community, so we you know, take extra pride in it and, like, celebrate within. So I loved that it was just, like, a very subtle thing that was happening throughout the episode, but it was something, you know? Well, and the whole conversation in the living room with all the boys, you said that you really liked that moment because it's true. Like, you never... Even with, like, women, like, I haven't seen an episode touch on hair, like, the process and the whole, like, everything about it like that in such a subtle and good way like I loved it and then the episode title ties in with it totally um I feel like that's about everything poor Ern lost his money uh Darius and Al don't have a weed guy yet so they're still looking for that connect where is Zazie and that adorable baby bring (sighs) them to me I know I I want them. them. I know she was filming at the time. We'll probably get her mid-season to the end, I'd imagine. Um, But, you know, if they could squeeze her in, even Mm -hmm. just a a phone call, just a voiceover, anything, please. Um, And, yeah, and now we're kind of in the wash about rap career and where we're going with that and management. Uh, So let's get into some predictions from here. Predictions. There it is. There it is. you're After Buzz TV. All right, guys. What do we think is in store for us next week? Um, I think it's kind of more of the same where we're continuing to see, like, the ugly side of the come up. So I think it's going to be more of, you know, Alfred becoming, like, unattached and, like, not about this life and more... Mm-hmm of the business side of it and seeing how and I, I kind of want to see how Ern like I feel like he's at a point where he needs to he needs to make some type of move yeah. something like he needs to have like his aha moment so I'm hoping like maybe we kind of see that next episode and I just want more Darius always always I think a kind of what you were saying I think that Al might I hope that he starts like channeling it into more music starts writing stuff I think Earn saw the Yahoo commercial and got like a little too excited about it so I feel like he does need to do something but I feel like the next step is him doing something really goofy like making them kind of look dumb just to try yeah. to get the profit and I then getting back yeah. to their core oh and that Yahoo commercial was absolutely the little Yachty Sprite commercial it totally <laughs> like, was like 5000% and I was just Yahoo. like, but I love the Sprite. The Yachty Yachty commercial, commercial was really good. smart. Um, I dug the song. I don't care if it was pop rap. It was everything. And it made me think a lot about what um, Al is going to have to do to survive. And mm-hmm. I feel like 
with the title like Robin Season and the fact that it's kind of been just happening to them, I'm looking forward to those tables switching and them having to pull a robbery because they are not making moves right now. <laughs> like, yeah. It is really low. They ain't got no weed money now. Like, uh, their 4K investment gone in a flash. Oh nothing. And what did he even buy? Like, I know he said he only had a couple of minutes, but like, think strategy. Yeah. Okay. Like, run in and be like, I need them shoes, like, all of those clothes. Things you can turn around. Yeah. That too. Like, go pick yeah, up some, so. like, furniture on the cheap. And then resell that. Like, there's just a lot of options, a lot of things we could have pulled here that just did not happen. I agree. And I think that that's kind of what we're seeing is um, a floating mentality from them. And it's a thing that's uh, somebody who's, like, aggressively hates not doing something. It's very aggravating to watch people just be like, I don't even know, man. I just don't. Just going to sit here. Yeah. I hate reactive. this commercial. Make an album or something. Like, you are a paperboy with a fire song. Your best bet is to follow that up with a song that's either not quite as good or way better. This is how our shoe works. A lot of people's sophomore songs, not so hot. But it shows that you have longevity. So I'm hoping I'm hoping to see them pull action, but knowing what the show's about, taking cues from the title, my guess is we're going to fall much, much deeper into not having money, uh, especially now with all these people floating in and out of this house. Food bills going up. No one bringing in any money. That's not a yeah. good recipe. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens next week. Uh, you guys, please leave your thoughts and comments below. Uh, tell us what you think is going to happen. Uh, if uh, Al was going to make a new song, what should the title of it be and what should he rap about? If rap is coming from real life, what do you want to hear from him? Uh, Darius's next prediction will be what? That's what I want to know. I want Darius, Darius to have more uh, prophetic visions because it's everything to me. Get him back into a gun shop if that's what it takes. <laughs> All of that was amazing to me. And uh, will we ever see Zazzy Beats again? I don't know. Uh, five star us on iTunes. Leave us a review. Um, we'll try to give you guys some shout outs next week. Until that time, guys, tell the folks where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Steps Abroad. Thanks for watching, you guys. And my name's Drew Jones. You can follow me on all the things at OKDrewJ. And Joel Monique, you can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique and every week at BlackGirlNerds.com. March 12th, I'll be over at Collider doing Heroes. Uh, and uh, yeah, this show, Magicians on Wednesday. A lot of things, guys. Check the schedule. After Buzz is doing a lot of cool things. Check out Maria's new show. It's super awesome. Um, tell her we sent you. Yes. She's our boss. We love her, but you know, it helps. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you guys next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 